Hello, everybody, and welcome to ESI Focus, where I delve into a specific sector of the esports industry with a special guest. This is our second episode on esports and data, which is presented by esports data platform Grid. In this episode, we're going to be talking about my favorite topic, which is fan engagement and data. We'll be talking about the role data has in fan engagement and why data is crucial to maximizing this engagement as well. So as you can see, though, I am not alone. For this topic, I'm joined by Gosu Gamers CEO, Samson O. Samson, how are you? Very well, my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm pretty excited man, to speak to you about all this Gosu Gamers and data. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, b- before we kind of jump into anything, like, you know, I think people are hopefully going to realize that data is so significant in fan engagement as well. And it's it's something that I don't think gets talked about as a lot. Specifically, I think a lot of people talk about fan engagement. A lot of people talk about data, but I don't think people really talk about the two. But before we kind of jump into everything, um, let's talk to, about Gosu Gamers and yourself for a little bit. So uh, could you explain to the people who are unaware, like who uh, who you are and what Gosu gamers is as well yeah when you ask me this question there are, there are a lot of visualization that came to my head and i still remember when i was going out drinking i heard people saying about gosu gamers some people that i don't know they were talking about gosu gamers even some of my friends who went out dinner they were talking about gosu gamers i didn't even tell them that i acquired this brand and when they heard that i acquired this all then fell off their chest and i was like i can't stop laughing anyway Gosu Gamers is, is, is pretty important to me personally in terms of my vision, right? I own eSports team, Team Flash, one of those uh, uh, mobile titles, world champion, right? For the past few years, they're pretty famous in Southeast Asia. I do have game studio, we develop uh, social games. I have a cargo studio, which I built, you know, it's an incubator for games, all in Southeast Asia. And I realized for the past few years, I've been looking for a property. And when I came across Ghost Gamers, it's on sale. I, I, I didn't think much. I just said, let's jump into it. And Ghost Gamers um, basically complete my pillars of the ecosystem in the esports and gaming. So basically for me is I'm building a lot of stuff in the areas of esports and gaming, especially in Southeast Asia. And, and Ghost Gamers enables me to move out of Southeast Asia and really to go to Europe. And it's also my pathway to the US, to South America. When, when I hear about Brazil, I'm extremely excited. And, and it's really about that, yeah. No, that's great. And, and you know, obviously, you know, you talked about Team Flash there a little bit as well. I'm, uh, I'm starting to get into a lot of mobile esports. So there's a, you know, there's, there's already a, a bit of a bond and a connection there as well. So that's always great to hear. So uh, I'm just, I'm looking forward to kind of, um, you know, just talking about, you know, like I said, fan engagement and data and Ghost of Gamers, like you said, you know, it's a media platform, which, you know, uh, probably does use a lot of data already to kind of gain fan engagement. So could you kind of say, like, how important is data uh, to Gosu Gamers? I, I want to share you a quick story, Tom. And, and I always remember when I grew up, the first thing I did was to pull out my... Many years ago, of course, you don't have mobile, right? But we go to our desktop, and and when 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 when, when we reach uh, maybe ten years ago or twenty years ago, we pull our mobile up. The first thing when we wake up every morning, I will turn on my mobile. The first thing I go to is I go to the ESPN or the Sports Center, 
to check the results, to look at the stats, to look at my favorite team. My favorite team is Liverpool, by the way. And I can't stop. And every time I'll just check in, I just want to look at all the sports that they talk. And I always remember when I first jumped into esports a few years back, and I was so frustrated. I want to go to this title. I want to check the results. I had to go to individual website. Even sometimes when you go to the publishers or developers, they talks about the tournament, but there's no scores. Imagine that, Tom. There's no scores. Even simple things like no scores. And I was telling myself, I need to go to individual Facebook page of those esports team to look at the results, or maybe go to Liquipedia for for the leak or for the results. And and I was so frustrated. I said, why one day I want to own, I want to build an ESPN of esports. And when that chance came to me last year, it was presented to me. I made the decision just like on the spot. I said, let's do it. Let's negotiate. I think this will be the beginning of that dream of mine to build something significant. And I truly believe we can bring esports is so fragmented right now. I think we can bring that industry together by just uh, uh, consolidating all these data, the the fan engagement, just the simple things like scores. You know, Tom, it's, it's just about that. It's really about that. Tom. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's fascinating because I think you know we and obviously we'll talk about kind of more complex uses of data and and how fan engagement and data can work. But like you said, you know sometimes something as simple as just collecting scores, collecting you know schedules, collecting live data, which can kind of go through, is something that you know in esports is not is not kind of a main thing for everybody involved right now. So I think it's very it's very interesting. And and do you think that that's why data is kind of just so integral? to fan engagement as a whole because at the end of the day like you need that data even if it's something so basic as having you know this team has won by you know 12 kills to five and this player has played very well got this many kills like that even those little things are still like data points which you need to have and, and tom um you know when it comes to esports it is a digital um, platform digital content and the fans expect it. And I would say the fans just expect it, period. Imagine watching a football without a score. Imagine watching a football mm. during the halftime and, and at the end of the game, you don't even know how many free kicks throw in. To me, that's ridiculous. And don't mind me saying, if you go to a lot of esports sites now, you'll be surprised you don't get a lot of data. And I can't even look for data. And, and for me, is there are so many types of fans. Maybe some of the casual fans don't really care. Maybe they just watch a bit, they watch a highlight. But for hardcore fans, imagine hardcore fans want things, want to see different things, right? They want to look at the meta, they want to look at the strategy and everything else. You, you, you'd be surprised in esports, it's very difficult unless you are playing the games yourself. If not, after that, you couldn't find them, right? Okay. And if you don't have that, let me ask you, Tom, how are we going to build the loyalty with the community? And, and I, I find this is impossible. It's really not complete without the data. The data is just like oxygen to me. Without that oxygen, to me, it's given, Tom. But yet, it's not available in a lot of areas in the esports. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how I see it. 
and it's and I find it's very difficult to kind of engage with someone as well because at the end of the day, if like for you from like a media platform standpoint, you know, which has all these scores, statistics, and data, like if you're not providing you know the correct kind of data to engage with that fan that fan isn't gonna have an emotional connection to stuff like that you know because not everybody can immediately watch a game you know some people do consume stuff through just watching or looking at statistics and kind of you know gaining an interest from that way and then breeding through that and do you think that then as kind of like esports grows in popularity like this need for data kind of not just on scores but even further than that actually becomes even more important as well. Yeah. So let me ask you, when you watch eSports, I don't know what is your favorite game. Let's say you, you, you watch this eSports title, that match. I think a lot of people don't talk about the scores or the stats, but the stats mm-hmm. is so important that it's part of the conversational tool or the talking mm-hmm. points that builds the stories, right? And people remember the emotions and the stories or the highlights that happens during the game. Even though you know there's a, there's a 4-3 or 15-20, or, or stuff like that, you remember that, but you remember the story because the story brings up certain emotions in you. Imagine if you don't have stats of data, you, you can't have that. And, and you need to watch that game for you to remember that. So, and, and stats is really a source of that storytelling. Imagine the editorial team without that. But it's, it's, it's not complete, Tom. And, and to me, there's no story, no engagement. No stories, no memories. No stories, no fans. Especially the hardcore fans, Tom. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, one kind of narrative that, uh, especially what a league, uh, an esports that I watch, is League of Legends, is uh, something so simple as like gold lead. Like gold lead is like it's not even KDA kills death, but like having like a significant gold lead and then a team <coughs> turning around that gold lead. That is a data point which then could be used as a narrative of look at this kind of massive comeback that has occurred. And obviously, like you said, you know, it gives writers, it gives you know, kind of analysts, it gives broadcasters a way to kind of entice fans in and say you know look this team is the underdog story and why is it the underdog story here's the stats here's the data which you know has been provided for us which now we can kind of use that and then you can even go into like more you know kind of the hardcore data thing is look how good this player has been and and everything like that all of this is just data points which to be fair a lot of people don't realize is data it's just hidden through a narrative and i and i think it's you know that's the kind of important point of data like you said it is it is that oxygen so in terms of how data is used to kind of maximize fan engagement um how do you think you know you can use data to also boost fan engagement opportunities within gozu not just kind of having that statistics but in terms of like platforms which could you know help through data as well so, so, Tom, let me share to you, even before we acquired, during the negotiation to acquire that, that Gozo Gamers property, the first thing that came to my, my thought process of building that business plan is really about having that engagement platform, not just the stories you read, but how do you use it where you can engage the fans or even casual fans by pushing that route to fantasy games, for example, right? Or virtual games. Or, so I, I, I say to the team, the first thing I want to launch is a Gosu Play. Uh, Gosu Play. I say, can we quickly launch Gosu Play at least a simple engagement platform for people to predict, right? Can you imagine 
you trying to predict a team mm-hmm. without that data is not fun, buddy. Right? And for me, the whole trend I re- I really predict if you are not in the fantasy world of sports or esports, you are not going to survive this industry. And I truly believe the bridge to that is data. And from data, you need that visualization. Without that visualization, your, your, your whole experience in watching the tournaments is just not there. And for me, we need that. It is, it's mandatory. It's not even an option, Tom. It's really mandatory for me. Yeah. I think with, uh, especially with fantasy, like you were saying, uh, it, you know, fantasy sports cannot, fantasy sports lives and dies by data. You know, if, if you have bad data, in fantasy sports, then you're not going to have a product which is going to be successful. You know, you you need that data flooding in. You need that data being automated. You need that data being the correct data at the, you know, very, very quick times as well. You know, it's like a lot of people now, especially, you know, esports is for like, you know, this younger generation. It's very quick. It's very snappy. It's very like, now we need it now kind of mentality. And so, like you said, you know, uh, having data available for fantasy is not only just a way of kind of, again, engaging fan engagement for fans, it gets them into these games, but it also, you know, helps you probably with Gosu gamers as well and kind of bring in a little bit more of a competitive aspect with Gosu play and with everything that goes along with that. So I, I very much agree that kind of, um, having fantasy sports and in terms of fancy, uh, in terms of well, fantasy esports really is massive. And hopefully, as data kind of continues to improve and continues to get better and better and better, like we are going to see fantasy esports, I think, actually rise because it is such a huge market in traditional sports. I don't see why it couldn't be in in esports as well. Correct. So, and then from like a, an editorial perspective, then why? Why I think we've touched on it a little bit, but yeah, you know, um, is is data just integral? Like you said, just for the narrative as well, just for actually having the stories and being able to kind of piece the data points together to actually use them to to benefit everybody. Tom, you're breaking up, Tom. Oh, sorry. I apologize. So uh, I just said, like, from the editorial perspective, like, how, does data really like impact you your loads? Yes, I can hear you fine. Sorry, continue, Tom. So, from an editorial perspective, uh, how how crucial then is data? You know, is is it just kind of being able to create these stories through data and actually create greater narratives? It is. It is. And, and when you look at the editorial piece. The beginning of crafting the stories is really about the data. Mm-hmm. Of course, we do have hard stories, soft stories. I'm not saying literally, but but it's part of the process. And not just the editorial, I think the marketing as well. Because sometimes the 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 fact will give you different perspective. And not just the emotional side of it, right? You need certain facts for you to write certain things. And mm-hmm. and for me, it's just create that wider base to for them to come up with content. So to me, it's, it's not just a platform. It has to be the whole organization, whether it's marketing, whether it's uh, uh, product, whether it's editorial. And, and let's not forget even operations team. And the operations team even look at the data and start to look into some of the areas yes. of the data. Is this data accurate and all these things and, and stuff like that. It's, it's, I, I can't state how important it is, Tom. And even and even from um, 
like an analytical perspective like obviously we, we look at data from like you know gaining it from game uh publishers themselves and stuff like that but actually from just checking up like google analytics probably and finding out what people like what people understand how long are people looking at articles how long are people kind of staying on these articles and and what's the best way we can utilize kind of the editorial team as well to actually get the best out of you know what everybody kind of wants as well so there's, there's even like that use of data as well which can even go on top of that and and like you said with you know with data you probably say yourself like go to play probably couldn't be a thing without data like it just wouldn't be able to but can you explain uh, a little bit about kind of the intricacies of Gosu Play. Like, how how is that data being kind of provided to you? I, I think it's all about user experience. It's really about that. And, mm-hmm. and the reason we partner up with Grid is also the reason why because we just saw so many so many additional stuff, additional uh, visuals, or I could say all the visualization that that Grid has provided to Gosu gamers. Those things I'm really taking in as a USP. And if you look at a lot of the top sites, I'm not going to tell you what's the name. They they don't provide them. And for me, um, if if you if you if you go to those esports people, they always talk about them. And for me, it's it's really not complete. Of course, having the data is just to help you to make certain decisions. And human beings sometimes or fans, they want to feel like they're in control of their journey. And I think data feeds that desire. And once you have that desire, you want to have a platform for them to express themselves or, or maybe a subconscious where they start to predict which team is going to win, which player is the best. Why are you using this meta? Why are you doing this? Everyone start to be, so everyone start to have their own opinions, right? And, and imagine without that, Tom, I, 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 I can't, I can't think of Watching a tournament without those perspectives, Tom. Seriously. <laughs> and and I, I, it, it has to be there, Tom. Yeah. yeah, 100%. And I... So, okay, let, let's... You know, let's change kind of uh, topic a little bit. We've talked about how how integral data is right now, but let's be honest, we're not going to talk about uh, how perfect data is. Data right now is still not perfect within esports and especially within fan engagement. And you know, despite data kind of increasingly getting better and data becoming more integrated within esports as esports continues to grow, there are some still current limitations with esports. So, is there any that you could think of, you know, off the top of your head with this regard in terms of what are are still like kind of the limitations with esports data and fan engagement. I think I think before that Tom, I think your video is off, but it's okay. Let, let, I think I think your question is 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 all about what are the challenges that we are we are we are feeling in terms of data is if you look at esports right uh, compared to traditional sports, for example, football. Football for so many years is just a ball and it doesn't change much, right? But when you go to esports or, or the gaming industry as per se, right? There are thousands of games. If you talk about the main titles of esports, there are so many titles. And how do you cater for so many fans? And data is costly, Paul, right? And imagine now we have data in Goso Gamers, which is, for example, Dota and CSGO. But I want to cater for all fans, Tom. 
I want the mobile data. I want the mobile legends. I want the 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 maybe arena of vendor, right? But the reality is is you can't have all the data. And there's one part which is a challenge. And trying to get the data is difficult, Tom. Mm-hmm. Difficult in many ways. It could be uh, you need to negotiate with the developers or you need to work with the EO or you need to... Uh, 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 the price or the cost of that is, is not cheap. Um, I think these are some of the challenges that I, that I feel. And the other thing that I felt uh, very much in eSports is, for example, if I watch football... I've been watching football since young. But when it comes to esports, people do have certain desires. For example, now maybe I'm playing a desktop games. I was when certain games that came out, I would shift to that games, right? For example, some of them was uh, playing League. Now they shift to Wild Rift, for example, right? So now you realize that you need to be agile. From Coastal Gamers, I keep telling the team we need to be agile. We need to constantly provide that experience to the community. And I think that is a challenge on itself, Tom. No, definitely. And I think uh, just one which I think of as well is uh, just because in esports, it's a very data-driven field just in general, with it being all digital. Um, I find that sometimes actually having so much data can also be a little bit of a curse and not a blessing. Like having kind of, every single like footsteps being able to be tracked in CSGO or, or something like that. You know, sometimes it can be um, a little bit too much. So kind of in terms of like a media perspective, then how do you find, you know, navigating what is kind of the good data and what is the bad data when you just get provided all of these stats, you know, I'm guessing that in an article saying that, you know, a CSGO player ran, you know, 20,000 steps is not probably going to be as newsworthy as, as some of the other data, which has come through. Yeah. Um, data will never be enough from my perspective. Mm-hmm. But again, trying to keep chasing for data is also not going to be the answers to that question, but it's just that continuous to improve. And I've been working with the team. I keep telling the team, can we just need, we need to prioritize the data that we need as well. Sometimes when we look at certain new games that just came out, I'm sure it's difficult to find the data, right? Uh-huh. And and on the other hand, we need certain data. So, so it's all about how do you prioritize what data is important. If we don't have those stats, let's just put scores first. Or maybe who played in that game. Let's just start to prioritize what is important, what is critical. And 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 to me, to me, it's all about prioritization. And we do have a process internally how we want to target for that because. If I continue to chase data and, and, and if, if the market is not ready or even if, the, if I can't get the data because of the partners or whatever it is, we just need to prioritize them. Or I, think, I, think, mm-hmm. I think that's the only way to go. Yeah, exactly. And it's also kind of using, you know, what you've got available as well. Like you said, you know, right now there's probably a lot more data in CSGO than there is probably in Valorant in terms of what can exactly be given. So yes. you kind of prioritize the, the CSGO data and you kind of use what you've got for the for the Valorant data. And it is kind of finding that right balance of you don't want to just have an article, which is, you know, 20,000 words of every CSGO strategy. But then on the other hand, you don't want a 50 word article on Valorant, you know, and what 
has happened on Valorant because the data isn't there. So it is, like you said, about finding that balance. And I, and I think that is very crucial when it comes to data. And it's a kind of, like you said, the ultimate goal here is to entice these fans to want read your content, but then also be to become fans as well a little bit as well. And, you know, uh, have an attachment of Valorant, you know, these people who are probably shooter fans who maybe have not played Valorant, have a look at Valorant, see these kind of statistics, get these narratives. They become a fan of Gosu Gamers. And as a result, then hopefully they become a fan of Valorant as well and, and watch it competitively. Uh, so how do you kind of assess yourself then the uh, sense of check accuracy when it comes to data points being offered up? Like how important is it to check the data which has been provided and, and how kind of successful is it right now? Yeah, um, again, this is a process that we actually introduced within the organization and we do have a team. Um, we do have a 24 by 7 team, I call them the operation team. Mm -hmm. They do sample the data. If I'm telling you we check all the data, it's not possible, Tom. It's just, you need a lot of people to do that, but we do sample. And one of, one of, one of the very important things that we did, that we implemented is we, we go by the market feedback and, and I absolutely love the community. Sometimes they are so passionate when they, when, when, it's, when I still remember there's this instance uh, a few months back, someone in Philippines, they love their esports stuff, right? They wrote into us, they said that, hey, can, can you guys please check this data? I think this data is wrong. And, and I truly appreciate all this feedback from the market. And, and we need the community as well to feedback to us. So basically, we do have an internal process and external process to see what we can do to constantly making sure that the data are accurate. But, but, but this is some of the process that we have started off. We hope mm -hmm. to continue to, to innovate in that process. And, and, and I, I love it when we are able to include the fans as part of that journey to, to, to sort of like to sanitize some of the data as well. Yeah, and and you know we've touched on it a little bit as well, but like you said, then how how kind of um, crucial is it to not just have the data, but to to utilize it correctly? You know, like down to like graphically, down to like editorially, you know, even down to kind of like what would you kind of push out, what would you kind of not use? You know, like that is so crucial not to just have this data but to actually utilize it in a way. Okay, well this is actually going to help us, you know, boost everything else around us. Yes, and, and again, I can't stress how important or crucial it is to have data. And I think I, I, I have been repeating myself for a fair bit, but I want to say it again, Tom. And I will always remember that I was taught that human brains remember stories. And I always believe stories come from data. And when you're watching that match, when you're looking at the stats, when you're looking at everything that's happening within that game, and from that data, it gives you a sense of certain emotions that's being generated out while you're watching that, that intensely fought match between two teams, especially if it's your favorite team. As even more so if it's my own personal team that is fighting, right? We will shout. And at the end of the day, is 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 the core of all these stories. And for the social media team, for the editorial team, for the graphic designer or video editors, 
it's all starting from that step one and that step one is really about that data and mm-hmm. that visualization and and yeah. to me when you talk about the fans journey nothing else buddy nothing else yeah, yeah. I, I i completely agree and like you said you know i know that you've said it a couple times but it, it does it is so crucial, you know, it isn't just kind of writing the words, it's, it's finding that information and it's a part of, you know, in terms of media perspective as well, it, it's part of the job to also get statistics and to get data because, you know, there's only so many you, so far you can go without kind of uh, like validating the points which are made, you know, you can't just say a team is doing really well and then have no data to actually support that, you know, it, it isn't editorially correct to do so. See, you also need that to create these narratives, create these stories and, and push kind of your media stories out as well. So let's, as we come kind of go through into this conclusion of the podcast, though, I do want to put on our like, you know, our future heads on and, and see what we think is going to happen in the future when it comes to esports data. So where do you see esports data with fan engagement going in the future? Um, when you look at data, whenever you look at all this uh, visualization, um, I connect them back to the funnel. The, when you talk about the marketing funnel or when you talk about the traffic funnel, it's really about lead generation to the conversion, to the engagement. And, and from a marketing standpoint, people crave for that. And without that, the funnel is incomplete, right? And when you talk about that, you're talking about attention and media is all about attention, Tom. And if you can't get that attention, you can't be in this business, Tom. Yeah, 100%. I think um, I think one thing which uh, kind of strikes me as well is that, like you said, as esports gains more popularity, the, 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 there are going to be more and more hardcore fans which will kind of want to know the nitty gritty. We'll still always have casual fans who will just want to know, oh, did this team win? Or I just watched the game. But then there'll be people who will want to know, kind of like, I want to know the intricacies of why this player has done to done very well. They'll want broadcast to be, you know, having analytical debates over, you know, was this play the right play or was this play the wrong play? All of that requires data. All of that requires data points to kind of find. And, you know, you also need kind of then platforms which will help uh, identify these data points and and quickly go to these data points. So it just continues this snowball effect of where the more data you need, the the more fan engagement you need, the more data you need to go along with that. So then put it on to kind of more like to business development opportunities. Uh, Where do you see the the service offerings in regards to like esports rights holders, um, data and fan engagement as well? um, When it comes to this, I mentioned something about attention. In the world of of media is all about attention. And, and the reason there are so many brands and sponsors and all these are coming into esports because they find it so difficult to get the attention of the millennials or the next generation. And for me, it's all about attention. The one that is able to find that button that can get the attention of the fans, you win the game, right? When you talk about attention, you talk about traffic. Without attention, without traffic, you, you, you're, you're nobody. And for me, business, especially in, in, in eSports or even gaming, is really about that, Tom. Attention, these this two words, traffic and attention. But how do we move to that direction is, is something that we, we, we need to do. And again, it, it boils back down to, to, to talking points, boils back down to people sit down and talk about stories and that comes from 
do that. Yeah. Uh, and I even think, <laughs> and I even think from a from a point of like uh, how to find out what people want, you know, and how to find out kind of you know what is trending and and what kind of should a rights holder or should a media broadcast want to kind of do as well. Like that would be using data through analytical systems of like, oh, it seems that on this broadcast the our, our attention rate was actually really high compared to this one. It was it was pretty low, and so you genuinely just keep adjusting that and you keep adjusting the content to suit the consumer that you have got right now you know and that and that's how you maximize even from not just a storytelling perspective but from like an analytical perspective that's how you maximize the data you are given to make a better product because at the end of the day um in terms of like media just in general or rights holders like the the whole aim is to make a good product for people who are your consumers and you know every you know every kind of entity is going to look at that and to change things to, to suit that audience as well. Uh, so the last kind of big question then, and I know it is a little bit of a silly one, but will, do you think it will ever get to a point where every esports en- entity will need to utilize data through kind of specific data platforms as well to boost its fan gauges and engage with fans? Because, you know, I think the days are gone where at the end of the day, now you get this natural kind of fan engagement. You get this natural, you know, amount of fans. Where we, what used to happen really in in esports, but now it's more seems to be like you need these data focuses. You need this data to kind of create fan engagement opportunities. Um, you will hear a lot of words uh, and a lot of platform that talks about gamification. And even if you look at e-commerce right now, everything they put the games in the e-commerce platform is trying to gamify the whole thing, trying mm-hmm. to create leader leadership board, right? And at the end of the day, they are trying to have that experience where people are engaging that platform. And again, I don't think even it's an option, especially in the digital or I would say the next generation entertainment, right? To me, esports is a next generation entertainment. And it's really not an option. And to me, the great metaphor for me to put in is, imagine watching a concert without a sound. And, and it's really not complete form. And for me, it's not even an, it's, 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 it's not an option, Tom. If you want to run an esports media, no matter which part of the ecosystem, you need that, Tom. You need mm-hmm. that to be... To be to, to me, you need that Tom. You you just can't run away yeah. from that Tom. It's like you it's a, it's a heartbeat, isn't it? It's like a heartbeat, you know, and, and without that kind of heartbeat and you know and getting that blood from which is the content in, in between, like you're lifeless. There there is nothing really there without that data behind it. Uh, Absolute pleasure to chat with you, Samson. Though I really appreciate you taking the time to, yep. to discuss, you know, fan engagement and data. Um, if you. Know, if you got any last words before we put an end to this podcast, but I, I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, to me, data is king. Mm-hmm. Data is king. Stat is God. I can't put it nicer <laughs> way. I, that is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, Thank that you, is a brilliant Tom. way Thanks to. For having- uh, 
absolutely fine. That is a brilliant way to end this podcast. If you do want to read, if you don't want to, sorry, listen to any of the other podcasts that I have done also on data, and I did a series on fan engagement as well. Uh, as you can see, I've, I've, you know, I, I like talking about fan engagement and data, then you can listen to them on previous uh, ESI Focus. But uh, until then, I'll see you on the next ESI Focus. Thank you, Paul.